Yeah, you know what it is. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Jay Vass, and you're listening to the Jay Vass Show. If you're listening for the first time, make sure you hit the subscribe button, share it, rate it, all that stuff. And if you're listening for the second or third time, you're playing yourself if you haven't done so. Follow us on all the social media pages at JVass Show. Check out the website, thejvassshow.com. On today's episode, we'll be joined by Mr. 817. He's back. Smooth Vega. We'll be talking about his upcoming album, Natural Born Winner. Everything that's going on behind the scenes. We'll be talking about the Rick Ross incident. You want to check that out. And also, we'll be playing his new single, Overload, featuring Slim Thug. That and much more. More. Let's go. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the JFAS show. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, we weren't. Well, I guess eh, we didn't really skip a week last week. Uh, we still put out one of the, uh, you know, most popular interviews that we have on, on file. But uh, welcome back, and um, today's episode is going to be a good one. Today's episode, we're going to have uh, boy Smooth Vega on the show. He's going to be talking about his album. He's going to be talking about the Rick Ross incident, all the stuff going on behind the scenes with his uh, album, and. Um, Yes, sir. And it's it's a uh, it's pretty interesting to me because last time we spoke to him, he was mainly focused on on his agency to to book shows, and then out of the blue, he decided to put out an album. But um, uh, but you know what? We'll, we'll have his interview on here later on today. But shit, man, how you been, man? What's going on with you? Man, I've been great, dog. I've uh, why 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 are you I doing great? You, man. Why are you doing great? Why can't it just be? <laughs> why can't you just be? Can you just let me be? <laughs> why can't you just, why can't you just be doing good? Fuck. Why why you sorry, gotta, guys, sorry. You know Damn, so somebody listening to this shit probably struggling right now and they're like, fuck, you see? You see, this is why I want to commit suicide. Cause everybody around me is doing great. And I'm just fucking doing okay. You see, people I'm doing like just fine. people like you ruin other people's life. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, you know, okay, hold on. Let, let me start this over. You know what? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You doing all right? I'm See, that's right. that's more yeah. like let's be average. Let's not try to be more than. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, I mean, look, I I aim for the stars though. I'm a above average type of nigga, so you know. Here we go with the I mean, I'm gonna say I'm doing great. Probably even when I'm not doing so great, I'm not gonna let you see me sweat. You know that's but, uh, that's nah, something man. that's something my dad would always tell us. He's like, it doesn't matter if you're on your last cent. It doesn't matter if you've been fucking struggling never tell another person you're not doing good he's like sometimes people want to hear that don't give them that you know don't don't give them that fulfillment to let them know oh man i'm all right man i've been going through some things like fuck that it don't matter how bad you're doing how you doing i'm doing great man right because then, then one time you do that you'll be like oh you know what man I'm, I'm doing shitty bro this is it oh that's fucked up what about you i'm doing great <laughs> you son of a bitch I knew life was working against me Damn it <laughs> Oh my god uh, um, no, man, I've been doing great dog I mean I I'm mediocre I don't know 
Um, I've been doing the average. Really, just been grinding. <laughs> yeah, this new job, man. I'm I'm pretty much handling a, like a, a like a whole account by myself, you know, and, and still waiting on some shit to go through. But other than that, bro, I just been doing great. Just been uh eating a lot more. Yeah, but I've been eating a lot, man. That's Watch all I've been out. doing, going out to eat. Oh, have you ever been to the Jin Korean barbecue spot yet? No, I haven't. But I got a bone to pick with this. Go ahead. What about it? It's delicious. Yeah. And you get to cook your own food right in front of you, and it's all you can eat buffet. That's What's awesome. your bone? That's dope. Might have to check it out. So, speaking about Korean, we went to Toro. It's a Japanese hibachi place. Okay. And uh, I've driven by it before, and a lot of times never really cared to. I didn't even know what it was, to be honest. I just saw Toro, and I was like, huh, bull. You know, tour in Spanish. And <laughs> so we went out for a friend's birthday. We get there and uh it's a your typical Japanese place. You you get you go in there and everything looks Japanese-ish. Um <laughs> typical Japanese. <laughs> well, I mean there's a lot of Japanese people walking around. They got their little relaxed Japanese music and and then it has the whole thing where people, you know, the the person cooking the cooks vibe. in front of you. You know what I mean? And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it always feels like you got to hold on tight to your kids because Japanese people are known for kidnapping children. But, um, and we, we're in there. Uh, we start, we, we order our food. And then it's, authentic, it's supposed to be authentic Japanese, right? So we're waiting for, okay. we're waiting for the, our, um, our chef to show up and do our food or make our food. And then a Mexican guy shows up and he cooks, no. he cooks our food. And I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I posted it on Facebook and people were like, oh, you're supposed to be proud. I, I think they took, I was trying to be funny because I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be authentic, but, <laughs> but you got a Mexican out here making my food. Like, uh, but it was good he, though. He made it. <laughs> it was, it was good food though. I mean, you know, obviously it is. Uh, it was good food. I don't. I can't tell you it tasted authentic because I mean I don't think I've ever been to an authentic anything besides an authentic Mexican place. But but it was good food, man. I I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Um, and I got another thing. I don't know. What's up? Well, you don't drink. You don't drink, right? Um, I have rarely this, on rare occasions. Yeah, and and see, people that know me know my habits. Everywhere, every time we go out, there's one thing that I order before I order any alcoholic beverage, and that's lemonade. I always order lemonade. You know this. That's true. You know, so I get there. Everywhere I go, I'm like, hey, let me get a lemonade. And is pink lemonade the standard now? Is, Is that what they give people nowadays? I don't know, but I love pink lemonade. You don't like that shit? I I don't mind it, but. Why everywhere you go now is pink lemonade? Is is never regular lemonade no more? I I have no idea. I haven't asked for lemonade pretty recently. Sounds like you're pretty upset about this. <laughs> be, be, and then I hate it because see, we were hanging out with Shara, and she always makes fun of me. She always calls my shit like a bitch drink and shit like that. And I hate it when we go out and I'm like, let me get some lemonade. Is pink lemonade okay? Just bring me some fucking lemonade, man. You don't got to be expressing the fact that it's pink. I'm already being called a bitch for drinking this, and you want to express pink lemonade okay? Yeah, pink lemonade's okay, motherfucker. 
God, but I'm not upset about it. I'm just saying it's. I'm just wondering if it's like the new standard for lemonade. Like you order lemonade, and you're. I have, out. I have no idea. Does it sparkle too when you drink it? Man, I don't even want to talk about it no more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, which it, it, it reminds me the other day. Hey, did you go to? Did you get to go to the Marvel versus DC event this weekend? I mean, I, that was in Marvel versus no. DC. Um, I didn't. The Tim Burton. Ah, oh, okay. So. Um, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Tim Burton. It was back. Was it back at the uh, the Carback Carback Brewery? Again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you go to that? Yeah, one? I did. Like, nah, I didn't get a chance to. Man, I was out. And, so why uh, you at, why you why you go back to the question like you did? Oh wait, wait. You're talking about the Carback Brewery one? Yeah. No, I didn't go to that one. Because I just wanted to confirm. I didn't go to go that ahead. one either. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to confirm that I didn't attend either one. <laughs> we just check you. Check it out was there. Um all right, go ahead. So uh we went out to uh St. Arnold's Brewery a while back uh for the Marvel versus DC event. And you know, we walk we go in there and it's a little bit different than 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 Carbock uh brewery. So uh we, we you know I get admire her cup and uh the Japanese people there? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> um nah it wasn't it was a lot of mexicans um so keep keep in mind keep keep notes on my next point uh okay. I, we only got one cup because i don't like beer everybody that knows me knows that so just just keep that phrase in mind so we go in there and we start we start you know uh watching all the paintings and stuff really nice artwork uh saw, saw some of my boy stuff on there shout outs to bad saber um and People dressed up as, uh, what's his name? Deadpool. So anyways, long story short, we oh, get, man. she's like, I'm thirsty. I'm like, well, shit, let's get something to drink. So we get to the bar and she's like, she tells the guy, I want to try this beer. She gets a sample. She's like, yeah, I'll take that. They fill up her cup and the guy looks at me and he's like, what about you, sir? How can I help you? And I was like, oh, well, <clears throat> like the jerk that I am. <clears throat> well, I don't like beer, but do you guys have water? And the guy just looks at me stupid and he's like, yeah, water's over there. And he just points towards the water on the other corner. And as soon as I said that, I looked at Myra and I'm like, that was too much information. Huh? He don't need to know that I don't like beer. There's the bitch water. There's a, the pink lemonade right next to it. Yeah. And Myra's like, yeah, that was too much information. You shouldn't have told him that. But Oh, my God. But yeah, man, that that was my little um, Marvel versus DC moment. But uh, pretty cool, man. I, I I had never attended um, these art shows, sort of, whatever you want to call them. Because, yeah, they're art shows. I had never attended them before, but they're, they're actually pretty neat. So if people haven't haven't attended one of these before, you know, I suggest you guys make the time to go check it out. It's pretty cool, actually. But, yeah, that, that's my that's my two cents for, for the show. I had, to, I had to, like, get that out of my chest before okay, we continue so- on. The world knows that you you like pink lemonade now, and the, you don't like beer. Yeah, the world should know that before I drink, I drink pink lemonade, uh, and I don't like beer. I mean, that was like my my thing when we used to go to Brick House. You know, the people there knew that uh, here comes this bitch. He's gonna order pink lemonade with uh, white chicken tenders. No, white chicken. What chicken was bites. it? Chicken bites. Chicken bites. And then yeah. after that, he'll order his zombie and shit. Um, but yeah, man. Well, shit, um, you got anything you want to share with the world? Oh, uh, shit, man. 
I forgot you were talking too much. <laughs> I thought you damn thing. My bad. Away. My oh, bad. Oh yeah, what was it? Uh, yeah, apparently, if uh, you know, if you go to a Japanese restaurant, that uh, make sure you hire Japanese Japanese chefs. No, that's what. It, okay, so yeah, the Jin Korean barbecue man is way better than whatever you went to because I know they cook it for you, but you get to like choose your meats or whatever like that. There's like you go to the bar. But then, like, the special menu that you have them bring you shit, too. And then you just, like, slap it on that little grill in front of you. You can dip it in sauce. You can just eat it like you, like it is, dog. It's only, so, like, 15 bucks a person. Oh, never mind. I was about to say, it's kind of like, um, fuck, there's a restaurant in West Timer that me and Myra went to a while back called um, The Melting Pot. So you go in there and you, get, you, you order... You know, we I had ordered filet mignon and chicken, and mm-hmm. I think she ordered like shrimp and something else. And uh, they bring it to you raw, and then they give you like a little pot. And you know, it's it's a pretty cool if you if you have somebody that you you can get into deep conversation. You just sit there uh-huh. and conversate, and while, while you cooking your own food. Um, but yeah, that shit that shit kind of pricey. That was like two hundred and some bucks. I would much rather do that. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather man, do. that sounds like me, bro. I used to do that, man. There's a there's a restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant, Amerigo's in uh, Amerigo's Grill in the Woodlands, dog. And I, I I bought my sister one time, and I dropped like one fifty for just two of us, man. That Fuck shit that. was delicious. Dog. That was young dog, and dumb, the man. Best, the best lamb, like okay, remember uh, what's his name? Our our old boss, yeah. And his nasty ass Greek lamb I was telling you about, yeah. Uh, they had this lamb sirloin, and I'm I bought I got it, and I'm thinking like, oh, this is gonna be a tiny little piece because this is a fancy restaurant. Nah, man, they brought me like an 11 ounce, 12 ounce sirloin of lamb, like laid on a bed of like this cheesy brown gravy. That shit was so good, bro. Sounds Best good. I, I had. never had lamb, uh, but it sounds good. I guess tender, uh, very very tender, man. Very. I mean, you're eating a baby animal, just yeah. like veal. Fucking, fucking weirdos, fucking <laughs> pedophile Fuck ass eater, pedophile eaters. <laughs> What's that? Oh um, man, what is that? Uh, Did go you ahead, hear go that ahead. thing about uh, how uh, th- scientists discovered that plants know that we're eating them, and then they're like, "Oh, so what are vegetarians gonna eat now? Air <laughs> or, or vegans or whatever like that?" <laughs> man, this will be another subject, but yeah, man, that's a. <sighs> I ain't get me started, man. And I'm not going to get started. What we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to get you guys into this interview. Smooth Vega, as I mentioned earlier, he'll be talking about his album. He'll be talking about Rick Ross and a little bit of personal things that he's been going through. So um, you guys make sure you check it out and uh, hope you guys enjoy the interview, man. We'll be right back. Joining us now, Fort Worth, award-winning artist. Um, I was going to say a promoter, but I, it goes back to last time you told me you're not a fucking promoter. But uh, Fort Worth award-winning artist, man, and a friend of the show. He's back from earlier in the year. Smooth Vega, what's up, man? It's the God. It's the God. It's, it's the, the God. God. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. What's good, bro? How you been? How's everything over there? Man, everything is great, man. Trying to get... You know, the whole um, new season, so to speak, of the podcast going. And just like last time, you were the first one on the very first episode we had. And now you're going to be the first one again on the brand new season two, so to speak, of the podcast, man. We appreciate you 
coming on and showing us love again. Oh, man, I'm excited, bro. That's that's good to hear, man. I, you know, it's funny. Usually when I do interviews, bro, like, I'm always normally, like, the first one that, like, I'm always the one that they're like, oh, you're, you're our first guest. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, when we when we did it last time, y- you were the first guest, and right now you you're the first guest again, man. So wow, you're currently working on a new project, Natural Born Winner, comes out on December thirteenth, correct? Correct. God willing, if these goddamn distributors get it out on time, but I think we're, we're I think we're good, you know. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this, man. Um, before we go into the album. One of one of my questions uh, that that I really wanted to ask last time we spoke, your it sounded like your main focus was uh, premiere live. So whenever you started talking about the album, I'm not gonna say it caught, caught me off guard because I know music is what you do. Um, mm-hmm. But what what made you shift your attention from premiere live to you know what I'm gonna put out this album now, and what what made you change that? that focus of put Premiere Live on hold for a little bit and let me focus on putting this project together? Man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think it was his life, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, none of this was planned. You know, I, I don't want to say that I was content with not rapping, but, you know, obviously I, I had got away from creating music and doing music full time. I was focusing on building the company, and I still have the company. By all means, the company's still there. But I think ultimately what it was for me was, uh, you know, like, the the biggest thing was, like, just, bro, everything going on in my life, man. I had a lot of stuff, like, personal stuff that was going on in my life. I also had the business. You know, I don't want to say it collapsed, but, you know, I had the situation with Rick Ross, where I booked Rick Ross for a show back in August, and, you know, he didn't end up doing the show, and we lost a lot of money on that. So when you know you start experiences, experiencing like a lot of those hardships and some of the things that you know, some of the things on a personal level and a career level, and you start getting frustrated. You know, it's it's kind of second nature for me to vent, and you know, through the only way I've ever really known how to vent. So I wrote a record uh, back back in the end of August, September, and it was really just kind of a, a record that I wrote, which ended up being the light work record on the CD. Yeah. Which is, uh, I ended up writing that record to a darker beat, and it was just me talking shit about all the <laughs> critics on the internet because people were just kind of like trolling, and I felt like they were trying to bait me in. And you know, I'm not really want to like go publicly back and forth with people. So what I did was I just wrote, and then I released that record. <clears throat> and when I released the record, I got such a good feedback on the record, uh, you know, from the people that did hear it, that it put me in a position to where I was like, yo man, like, <laughs> I think, I think I'm getting back to this. You know, I think I'm going to get back to just creative music. I think I'm going to get back to, to doing this full time, uh, you know, or at least not full time. Let me finish. Let me work on a project. You know, I just started kind of, really, that wasn't even the plan. What am I talking about? I really just started doing music. I just started doing <laughs> music, 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 music. And then before you know it, I had a lot of songs. I was like, well, shit, if I have this many songs lined up, I might as well wrap up. You know what I'm saying? I might as well go all in. And that's exactly what I did, bro. So that's yeah. a wrap. You know what I mean? It's just got, yeah. I want to make it sound like this was like a long elaborate thing, but to be honest with you, bro, it really wasn't. It was really just me getting frustrated and me going, you know what, man? Like, this is, this is all I've ever really wanted to do. This is who I am mm-hmm. at my core. And this is how I know how to vent, bro. And so that's exactly what I did. And, 
and you know you get the album and, and yeah. you know i think you you hear it and that's, you automatically know like okay that's what i was about to say one thing that i noticed because we, we, we were listening to the album earlier uh earlier today and um first of all props it's i, I told you like i don't it, one thing that I hate when people tell me to check out their music and, and especially with you because I've been knowing you for a long ass time one thing that I hate is like like this shit is dope I, he's probably going to think I'm just trying to kiss his ass but I mean I gave you the exa- <laughs> like it, I gave you the example of back in the day when, when I was trying to do my music video and I was trying to get this hookup prize from my boy Big C's from Hater Proof and I straight up told him I was like hey man like I I don't like your music like it's not my, my flavor and I remember he got mad <laughs> So I was like, let me use this as an example because I don't want to think I'm just kissing ass. Like, if I feel it, I feel it. If I don't, then I don't. But the, the album, the album is actually, I, I didn't skip a track on the album. That, that was one thing that was that that I really liked because nowadays you listen to about two, three songs and then you skip one. You listen to another one, you skip one. It, it, it's hard to, You're done with it. Yeah, it, it's hard to focus on one album. But one thing that I noticed on the album was the emotion on every on every track, like your delivery was, you can feel the emotion behind it. So the reason I say that is to ask you this, like, was there like a, any specific motivation on any specific track or, or obviously the growth as an artist, but what, what makes this album different? Cause the delivery is completely different. A lot of emotion behind it. And and I really like that. Oh, man, you know, <laughs> it, it goes back to what I was telling you, bro. Like, it's just life, you know, life hit. And, you know, obviously, you know, with 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 age and experience comes, you know, better recording techniques, better recording methods, and just being able to compose music differently and just being, you know, a better all-around artist. But I think this is the first project. Well, because, you know, I'm very proud of Exclamation Point as well, but I think this is the first project that I really you know, I feel like I'm talking from an adult perspective, you know, you, you know, I'm talking about having an affair. I'm talking about shit like that is a real life shit. That's, that's on this project. You, you know, you're getting me talking about candidly about my brother having a stroke or, yeah. or you know, seeing the loved one, you know, attempt, uh, attempting suicide. And then in addition to that, you're also getting a lot of, you know, my personal perspective, you know, as far as me as an artist, you know, me, as an MC, like I, I've never felt that I've ever really gotten my just due, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know that I was ready for that just due, even if, you know what I mean? Of course, we all want to believe that we're great at what we do, but maybe at the time that I was creating music, I wasn't ready for that, that praise and those accolades, and I wasn't ready to be, you know, co-signed by Bun B and SPM and Royce the Five Nine and Immortal Technique and whoever else is big up in me on the scene. I don't know that I was ready. I'm ready now. And I feel yeah. like if you're a first time listener and you've never heard my music and you hear someone like SPM or you hear someone like um you know Bun B shout me out and you're hearing these guys uh big up me on the project, I think that uh my skills are going to definitely back it up this time around. You know, I think this time around people are going to be like, yo, this guy's, he's good. And it, you know, <laughs> I was talking to a good friend of mine recently and he's like, you know, I, it comes with experience. Like think about it from the perspective of hiring a plumber, hiring a roofer, hiring somebody to come and do a fix on your, on your, 
on your you know whatever on your yard or whatever it is right like you're 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 more likely to hire the person that has you know more experience the, the more experience not. yeah right so it's like i mean would you say that though because you have a lot of artists that are like you know one hit wonders that come up that you know they're just a you know look a fish in the frying pan they'll have one hit they don't have the experience it seems like like you said you were ready in your life really molded um you know your you know the past experience has really molded what this album means to you and that's what differentiates that from your past work would you say that yeah i mean what it is is like what i'm saying what i mean by what i'm even what i'm telling you guys now is like i i feel i'm ready in terms of just musically musicality wise because everything you, yeah you're right you might have a one-hit wonder but those people don't have substance. And I think when you hear this album, Correct. you're gonna hear you're gonna hear substance, you're gonna hear depth, you're gonna you're gonna leave. You know, I've always I was I was always inspired by Eminem. I was always inspired by Tupac. I was always inspired by the artists that I felt whenever you hear their albums, you leave almost in a sense knowing who they are as human beings. Like, damn, they really let us in. You know, when you hear an Eminem album, he's talking about his fucking mom, you know, his fucking baby mama, you know, his daughter, you know, you know all about everybody. And you know, we set the tempo from the very beginning of the project. You know, the themes in Natural Born Winners. So there's a boxing theme to the album. And my kids are on the album. You know, like you hear me interacting with my children and in in, in, in the whole analogy is that, you know, I'm fighting for my life through this project and you know, my source of motivation and my source of inspiration are my children. Are your kids? And so when you when you hear the album in its entirety, front to back, you get that vibe like, okay, yo, this this guy's really let us really letting us in. So I think that's more or less where I'm going with the versus you know, trying to be the young guy that's trying to get a hit on the radio. Like, you don't, like, I don't know that that's even my priority. Like, I don't even, like, I guess in a sense, like, I don't care to, like, quote, unquote, blow up uh, because people's yeah. definition of success is different. You know, I've had a lot of success in a lot of what I've done. You know, I'm going to get back on the road, get back to doing shows. You know, obviously, my Spotify numbers are starting to really uh, increase and boost. So, you know, uh, I mean, I, this is just this is the first project that I can say that I feel like exclamation point was was definitely a step in the right direction. But this is the first album I feel like I'm delivering as a band. Like I'm a father, you know. When I wrote the last project, you know, my I, I kind of wrote it in spurts. You know, I didn't start really writing this album until September, and I finished it. And I'm still recording music. I mean, I got exclusive records. I just released a record with Little Flip on November 30th. And I'm about to release a record with Slim Thug that comes out this Monday. And that's not even on the album. That's easily one of the best songs I've ever recorded. Yeah. But but we're spreading the music because now it's like, okay, I'm I'm in rhythm. I understand how this works. I know what I want to do. I got records that, that are coming, God willing, with Cap G. Got Busy Bone reached out. We're supposed to do something. Uh, Ritz, maybe, Royce the 5'9", and then obviously SPM. So there's going to be some things that are coming up here in the near future. But I think this album in specific, bro, you... What you heard is you heard me rapping with a purpose. You heard me rapping with an intent. You heard me rapping not no longer as a kid that was trying to feed his ego, like yo, I want to be the best. Now I'm doing it to like feed my 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 soul and essentially feed my children as well. Because you know now I'm seeing results from the music and you know I, I feel man, I just feel really comfortable, bro. Like I don't like I wasn't overthinking a lot of that stuff, and I think. For you, you heard the Overload song, which isn't on the album, but that was a bad I'm just wilding, bro. 
I'm yeah. having fun. Like I'm just like, whoa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what, that's one thing I noticed. Nice. That's one thing I noticed on that track compared to your previous tracks that. It, you know, you're more of a serious artist. And when I heard that, I was like, my boy just having fun, man. Like, like on top of the fact that it's a badass track, it, it, it just, you can hear <laughs> that you're having fun. Um, two things I want to, I want to point out and sort of ask. One thing is, um, you mentioned it earlier. You, you have your, your daughter and your, uh, we, you have your kids, uh, on throughout the yeah, album. On, yeah. yeah. On, on the skits. And I think, I really like that touch because it gives it it gives it like a personal um, touch to it, and it makes you feel like okay, so this is what this is about. It's not about him. It's about. I mean, you even say it on there. You tell them how much they mean to you. It's like this is not about him. It's about you know doing something for for his kids. Like it's 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 more than just for him. Uh, that's one thing that I really liked, and I and I wanted to you know comment on and, and just again just give you props on that. Um, I appreciate it. Another thing that 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 really you know popped out stood out to me was in, in previous years um like I said I've been on you for like 12 13 years and yeah. probably longer than that and I've always seen you put people on and, and I mentioned this to you earlier it, it would always kind of bother me when I would see you put somebody on and I'm not going to say no names cuz they might not feel like you put them on or whatever but yeah I would I would see you put people on then it's felt like as soon as they got the opportunity, they would move on. And, and I was like, I, I still feel like he's better than them. Why is he not, you know, <laughs> doing this? And why, why is he not speaking out on it? So one thing that I noticed is, especially there's a line on, I can't remember what track it is when you're like, fuck being humble. Like, yeah. what, what made you, obviously, like you just said life, but what made you feel like, you know what? fuck this, like, I am the best, I am better than these people, you even said it on a track, like, I, you know, when you're doing shows with these people, and you look at them like, I'm better. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm glad you caught that, that's actually one of my first favorite lines on the whole entire album, because I don't think people realize how hard it is for me to to not be on stage, you know, I think they think that I just, like, I'm. some people just know me as a promoter, you know, but I said it on that song, like, I was like, it was hard for me being on, being at these shows, you know, at my own shows, watching people rap on stage knowing i am better than them you know yes. what i mean like, like yes <laughs> but i think to answer your question you know i've always felt that i've I, i've always been confident in my ability uh, i think there was a period of time early on you know when i first started even going into the older i got where society fucking makes you think that you have to look a certain way like you have to wear fucking gold chains and you have to be skinny and you have to fucking look a certain way to be quote-unquote marketable but we're in a different era, bro. And really, we've always been in this, this state where people will embrace you for who you are and what you do. As long as you're great at what you're doing, you're true to, true to yourself. And I think in this case, you know, when you look at the Natural Born Winter Project, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. Even the last project for the most part, I was very comfortable in my own skin. But I got to a point where it's like, look, man, I'm not trying to be a character. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm, I'm here to be me. And I am confident in my ability. And I say it all the time. You know, I'll talk to my inner circle. I'll tell them, like, man, there's, there's hardly anybody in the general area in, 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 in where I'm from. Texas, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. I very rarely come across people that I feel that are just better than me. And even if they can rap, quote, unquote, better, they're not going to outproduce me. They're not going to outcontact me. They're not going to, you know, basically outcreate me. We're definitely not outworking. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Impressive so, that you said that because uh, I've heard, um, I've heard uh, a quote that said that there is no such thing as talent. There's just hard work. And if you work harder than someone else, talent can only get you so far. Maybe that's true. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's some in this in this field. I do believe that there is some required talent. You know, you can't you can't completely bullshit your way through this. You know, what I'm saying? like you definitely have to get to I mean, a point. You, you heard some of these songs on the radio, though. No, no, no. I feel you, but I mean, you, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that ten percent of the of the public will enjoy what you do. Gotta find who that ten percent is, and. So that's one out of every 10 people. You know, just got to put your music in front of enough people and find out who those people are. Uh, I think for me, like, the whole mentality of, like, yo, I'm, you know, fuck being humble comes from just me being very passive. You know, like, ah, man, you know what? Like, people not mentioning my name and people overlooking me and, yeah, when people get to talk about who's the best rappers in Texas, you know, I used to hear oh Coast and you know these guys, you know, and nothing yeah. against them. A lot of those guys are rightfully, you know, complimented because they're really good. Uh, but I always felt like, man, I'm not, I'm not that far off, you know. I feel like I'm better than X, Y, Z, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, Do you think it's harder though when when you look at yourself uh, against other rappers? I'm, uh, you know, when you're talking uh, before this project you're talking about how you were you're seeing like you said i'm better than these guys uh was it harder for you um to branch out by comparing yourself to other houston rappers because it sounds like you are now uh when you talk about fuck me humble and um and not worrying about how you stand against everybody else you finally found your lane and and it's a lot more smooth a lot more comfortable when you're not seeing everybody else you know behind you yeah, for sure, man. It's just like the analogy, bro. You know, like most people don't know most. The reason why people run out of gas and people quit doing music is because ultimately they don't know what what direction they're going in. You know, you could jump in a car and drive 100 miles per hour. Eventually, you're gonna run out of gas if you don't know where you're going, right? Yeah. The yeah. Same thing with music. You're gonna eventually run out of gas if you don't know where you're going. And for me, uh, you know, I'd rather drive like you said. I'd rather be in my own lane. I want to be in everybody else's lane, like. I'm not trying to do what these guys do, you know, uh, and they can't do what I do. And I think it's very obvious when you hear this project, like I'm rapping very comfortably, um, you know, and just to kind of. And you didn't change your, on. you didn't change who you, who you are, how you, who you've been, which is another thing that I noticed. Um, I mean, jumping into the album, I mean, nowadays, like, like Prince said, you listen to the radio and it's different artists, same delivery on a different beat. And one thing that mm -hmm. I noticed with your project, it was, it's still you. Like you, you didn't get on there trying to rap different, trying to give a different delivery to fit in with, with what you normally hear on the radio now. That's, that's another thing that, that I and noticed. I think that's what people appreciate. I think that's what people appreciate is a different sound. When you sound, when everyone sounds generic, like even like I have friends, I have my girlfriend, she hates listening to the radio because she hears the same song, the same beats, the same people saying the same thing and what people enjoy is individuality originality and and your own sound and once you master that i feel that you you exponentially grow your uh your own sound your culture 
uh, you know, your own music. Um, and, and it sounds like you're, you've gone in the right track and you're getting the recognition on your album. Like you said, Royce of 5'9", Immortal Technique, an amazing artist. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how those collaborations came about on this album? Well, you know, like, it's funny that when we're talking about just, like, acceptance and where we stand and who we are and shit like that, right? Like, J-Rass, you know, he's mentioned that I've known him for 12 years or whatever. Like, it's actually more important for me to get approval and recognition from people that have tracked my career rather than a stranger because mm. people that have tracked my career and have heard me over the years, they hear growth, they see growth, they they respect growth because they know that it wasn't overnight. And they also know that there's a really, de- like the skill really developed and they, they witnessed it. So it's more important for me to get that approval. That's why whenever he's like, oh, I don't want to kiss you. I was like, no, bro, like, it's not. Like, I, I, I need to hear that because, you know, as much as I think I'm the best, <laughs> the best at what I do, like, you need that reassurance sometimes. But in terms of like Royce and Tech and these guys that, you know, have, you know, did their testimonies on their album in regards to me, like, you have to understand, bro, these aren't people that are just doing it for me, just to do it for me. These are also people that I genuinely, thoroughly look up to. Like, these are some of my favorite artists. Like, these aren't just people that, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, these are people that I grew up listening to. <clears throat> um, I mean, I know a lot of these guys. I mean, like, I've worked hard, whether it was through Premiere Live or just as an artist. I've known these guys for a long time. And so, uh, you know, just you know, a few of the guys, you know, I asked them to do a testimonial for me on the album. Uh, some of those guys, I, I, I intend to create music with the long run. Obviously, I just got Bone B to do something for the album. Uh, but, <laughs> like, it, it just, man, bro, I, it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. Like, to be honest with you, like, song, the songs on the album, like, with Crook and Chino and Rojas and GT and everybody, like, yeah, those were planned. But, like, the, the, the drops and the testimonials, like, that's as natural as it gets, you know. Let me ask you this, man. And that's as good as it gets. Cause you 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 just mentioned, you know, everybody that, that you have on the album. Um, me being a huge fan of SPM, I was like, like, damn, I can't even get Sylvia to fucking read my messages. How do you make this whole thing with SPM um work work out? Uh well interesting enough right there. Um they reached out to me. It, initially, it started with uh, Sylvia wanting to connect with Snow, the product. And obviously, you know, I have a long history with Snow. So she had reached out to me about Snow. And obviously, I know Carolyn. And, you know, I, you, know, we, you know, once you're around Texas for a while, you kind of, everybody knows each other. It's not as big as people think it is. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, me and uh, Sylvia reached out to me in regards to Snow. And then a couple of weeks ago, she reached out to me again in regards to to doing a show at Dope House. Uh, they wanted me to to do something with Cap G. Now I had already booked Cap G for a tour, uh, which I'm actually on that tour with him at the end of the year. And uh, that's kind of how she got me on the phone with SP. And she was just like, "Hey, you know, he knows who you are. He, you know, here's one thing that a lot of people don't know. Before Carolyn really started working with Dope House." She reached out to me on MySpace. Matter of fact, I don't know if you remember this one. You remember the song I had called Listen Up Closely? Yes. Super old. It was like 2006. 
2006, uh, 2007, Carolyn, something like that. Yeah, like, no, it was 2006. Carolyn messaged me on MySpace in 2006. And she she, she had wanted to work with me because she had heard that song. And then she had heard the song Walk With Me, which you know, like, so she's like, yo, you're really good. You're, you're lyrical. Like, you're really dope. So she's always been, like, a supporter from afar. So Carlos obviously knew who I was, either from Sylvia or from, from her. I don't really know, but he wanted to talk to me. And we got on the phone and, you know, he basically was just letting me know that he wanted to, to work. And we were talking about doing some music together. And then through conversation, he wanted me to help him with the show. That Initially, they wanted Cap G on it. I don't think Cap G is going to be available that day. I'm not really sure if he's going to do it or not yet. But uh, we got to talking about Trey the Truth. And obviously, I have a relationship with Trey's you know, manager. And you know, I have a relationship with Trey as well. So I actually just connected SP and Trey yesterday. They talked on the phone. I'm the one that connected that conversation. And so, wow, that's dope. Uh, yeah, bro. And, you know, and Trey, apparently, I didn't know this, but he was, SPM was the first person to ever sign him. So, uh, way back in the day, yeah. I, I sent this on a documentary. That's the only reason I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's kind of what went down, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, and, you know, we, we you know, well, we're talking about doing some music, and, you know, regardless of, you know, what SPM's in jail for, because I think a lot of times, you know, People will be quick to point that shit out, you know, like, hey, you know, he did this or he did that. Like, for one, I'm not one to judge, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I have my theories and my beliefs of the way things are, and I preserve those, you know what I'm saying? But in regards to the music industry and being a, lot, a, a Mexican in Texas and being Hispanic in Texas in terms of rap, you know, it really doesn't get any bigger than him. Yeah. So for him to reach out uh, and want to work and, you know, uh, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, I'm, I'm an artist. I'll take the opportunity and I would love to, uh, you know, do something with him and show what I could do on that level because, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that I can hold my own. You know what I'm saying? And, like, yeah. and people are going to hit a record and they're going to be like, shit, I can tap into a whole nother base that, you know, that isn't familiar with my catalog and what I do. And they go back and they listen to Natural Born Winner. They're like, ah! It was good. <laughs> and, and like you said, regardless of what, what SPM is in jail for, it's definitely still a good look just because, you know, he did, you know, regardless of how some people feel, he did open up the doors for a lot of, for, for all the Hispanic artists, really, in, in, in Texas. Um, now, uh, I mentioned earlier, to me, I, I love the whole album. I didn't skip a track. Uh, as far as, as you go, which track on the album is your favorite track and why? Damn. That's a good question. That's a damn question. What's your least favorite track on your album, if you can? Yeah, yeah, I could tell you. I can answer both of those questions. I think the least favorite, <laughs> I could start with the least favorite. So, the songs on the album were were recorded from September to, to two, three days ago, you know, whenever we finished recording uh, the final touches or whatever, but there was a few songs that I recorded like sporadically, like last year and the year before, you know, like I did a song here, a song there. But there's one record on the CDM specific called Phone Call, and I ended up putting GT Garza on that record. That record was actually a song that I wrote for another artist. So a lot of people don't know, like, I, you know, I'll write records for other rappers. I've written, rac- you know, I've written records for other rappers. I had actually wrote that record for another rapper, and he never used it. So I ended up going to different variations of that song but i've always liked the song i thought the song was always good it's just really old <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> uh and so that's that one and then the don't leave me song with renee who who used to go by kid evo 
you know, he was a street signs back in the day. He he changed his name because I guess he had a fallout with him. He goes by Renee now. There's a song called Don't Leave Me. That was a, a collab I did for him. And I was trying to fill in slots for the album, which, you know, had I gone back, I probably would have just used Overload or the record would flip. But I ended up putting that record on there. I'm not saying that it's not a good record, but it really wasn't my record. So if I had to say, yo, there's a least favorite, that would probably be it. Uh, just because it's not really me. But it did it that, sonically it gave another sound to the to the CD. But yeah, that'd probably be that. As far as my favorite, anything in the first half of the project, you know, it's there for a reason. You know, and so that was what I wanted to present to the public first. Uh, but I would say "Natural Born Winner," the title track. Like, uh, I just I I don't know. There's something about that record, the secrecy record. Uh, I love, the last I love, song I the love those two. I'm like, I love those two. Yeah, yeah, those are those are probably my favorite songs. Pinky Ring too, the last song on the CD as well. Pinky like, Ring. Uh, and a lot of those songs, it's really funny because they like they weren't really planned. Like the Pinky Ring record was, it was originally supposed to be a 13 track CD, and my engineer kept on pushing out the sessions two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, a week, a week, a week. This project should have been done a month ago, to be honest with you. Uh, and the more that he would push out the sessions, the more I was writing. So I just wrote, I was like, yo, I need a, I need a, another full record of just me rapping. And that's what you got out of Pinky Ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, now, oh, there was no hook. What, what nothing, the, just me rapping. <laughs> one, one thing that, that kind of, I, I guess you can say surprised me. Um, you just told me this like maybe 10 minutes before we started the interview. The, the, you sent me a track called Overload with Slim Thug, which is the one we were talking about. You just having fun and it, and it, and it's just, it's, to me, it could have been one of my favorite tracks on the album, but how come that track didn't make the album? You know what, man? I started learning a lot about digital distribution as far as like Spotify and specific, you know? I mean, I've always learned about digital distribution. Let me rephrase that. I started learning a lot about streaming and I redistributed my Paul Wall record on October 19th. I did a shorter version of it. I released it on Spotify and then it caught fire on Spotify. I got all these playlist placements and my monthly listeners jumped from like literally 150 monthly to 17,000. Once I started seeing success, I started just doing more studying as far as how to not only, you know, produce those numbers, but how to sustain those numbers organically. And once I learned it, you know, it really comes down to at the rhythm and it comes down to activity and it comes down to, you know, how, how the music's being consumed and how the music's being distributed. In this case, it does, it does me no good if I release an album and then I don't release another project for another year or two years, or even if I release another single in a month or two, like I constantly have to be putting out music, specifically singles. You know, we're no longer really living in an album era. We're living in a playlist era and, you know, people aren't buying albums. They're buying subscriptions. Yeah. You know, they're paying $9.99 to the Music Unlimited. So my project, as great as it may be and as good as I think it is, to be honest with you, it probably isn't going to be new long. So I have to constantly be producing music. So once I realized that, you know, I, I re-released another record and then I ended up doing a record with this guy named Hyper Fenton. He's a Christian rapper. And uh, that record ended up getting a lot of playlist placement which was a really, really big record for me that got released on November 16th. A really good record, by the way. And then I turned around and I released a little flip record on the 30th. And basically the plan was, okay, I want to release something every single week for as long as I can. So November 30th, I released So Real with Little Flip, which ironically was from a project that me and Little Flip worked on together that never got released. Uh, that song, that, that verse of his is 10 years old. It's sitting on my hard drive. And this I is just, from when you did Joyride and, and all the other tracks. 
Yeah, it was a little after. I just never used the record, bro. I never used the record. And what I ended up doing was I ended up just going and getting another beat made uh, a couple weeks ago. And I just re-released that. I, re- I recorded a verse that I had never really put out commercially. And then that's where you came out with that record. And then the Slim Thug record um, is kind of pieced together by Mr. Lee. Uh, I got the vocals on another beat, kind of went through some variations, and I just wrote my verses. Like I literally, from like one day to the next, I had the song already ready to go, and I ended up really liking the song. And I was like, man, you know, this will sound really good on my album. Uh, but in the spirit of what I'm trying to do on Spotify and how I'm trying to attack Spotify, I think I need a big record to lead into the project. You know what I'm saying? Because if I if I lead with a big record, that's a giveaway record that's not on the album it kind of sets the tempo of the quality of what people are going to not only expect, but it's like, yo, this is what he's giving away. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the same time, yeah. at the same time, it, it, it increases my numbers because if, if it, it, it could easily get lost in the shuffle. And so it needs to be a standalone record in my opinion. But I mean, you also have to think, bro, I have to backdoor these projects. You know, I have to backdoor these songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? I have to backdoor this album. Like, the project's gonna come out November third. I mean December thirteenth, which is you know next Thursday, God willing. But I have to be ready to to have something ready to go. Yeah. December twenty first, December twenty eighth. You know, I'm, and I'm it later things later. Yeah. So um, so since we're talking about it now, let's get into the track. Uh, let people check it out. It's called Overload, featuring Slim Thug, the new single from Smooth Vega. Check it out, people. We'll be right back. Shane is smoke rose on the way. Call me Mr. Super Soaker when I make them bottles spray. Cush got it cloudy, it's about to be a rainy night. Whole section rowdy, drunk as fuck, and high as a cave. We at the all white party wearing all black. But we brought out white girls, so they all match. Now that's a dress code when you hoes match your clothes. The club clothes, VIP on overload. Got my mind, I'm a Monday, yeah, my Monday, I'm a mind. Heard around the way that they talking at the line. Looking at my clock like I ain't got the time, so it's back to the grind to take what is my life. I'ma run it up. Hustle too loud and nah, dog, I ain't about to shut it up. King too far to go broke and fuck it up. Me fall off, nah, nah, don't be dumb enough. I'm back to the bands, back to the grands. Walking everything like damn, I'm the man. Selling out shows with the check in my hand. I do what I want, they do what they can. Supply and demand, that's how I built the brand. Stick to the plan till the niggas understand. If they don't understand, then make them understand. If they don't understand, then make them all scram. Now, what you wanna do? Say they don't lock every time you know that we're coming through. Only move with the money move ain't nothing new Thought you knew I don't lose like the mother dudes If they hate, let them hate I'm still self-made Still rep the funk all day Still make a place despite what they say Still the guard and I still get paid hey. Party up chain and smoke rose on the way Call me Mr. Super Soaker When I make them bottles spray Cush got it cloudy It's about to be a rainy night Whole section rowdy Drunk as fuck and high as a cave we at the all white party wearing all black But we brought out white girls so they all match Now that's a dress code when your hoes match 
your clothes. The club clothes, VIP on overload. Got the game sold up, everywhere I roll up. Money gets the mode if you know when I show up. I ain't tryna pull up, man, hold up. That's the way the real never filled up, fold up. Yeah, get to the bed, I get to the paper, I get to the stacks. Fuck all the lies, I get to the facts. No time for the breaks, I'm a mash on the gas. Room, yeah, now we in here. I even in there, I'd rather in where the VIP be. Please believe me, this is easy. Who can see me? Not him, not them, not anyone. Don't play dumb, you heard what I've done. Gotta keep it true like bun where I'm from. Ain't here for fun, bitch, I'm here for the funds. Overload, here we go. Unless you a bitch, I don't care who blow. Party off the chain like my necklace broke. Whole team got the room filled with smoke. All white party, but we dressed in black. Got snow buddies on deck that match. Feeling like pimp one time for chair. Gotta show them how we do it at the bottom of the map. Yeah. Party up, chain is smoke, rose on the way. Call me Mr. Super Soaker when I make them bottles spray. Push got it cloudy, it's about to be a rainy night. Whole section rowdy, drunk as fuck, and high as a kite. We at the all white party wearing all black. But we brought out white girls, so they all match. Now that's a dress code when your hoes match your clothes. The club clothes, VIP on overload. And you just listened to the new single from Smooth Vega. The name of the track is Overload, featuring Slim Thug. But uh, what, what were you saying, Prince? It's interesting to say that I had a um, I, I have a friend that was into music production, and he pretty much said what you was were telling us right now was that you know, yeah, you have a hit, or yeah, you may come out with an album, but people are going to be wondering what's next, what's the next song, what's the next hit this guy is coming out with. So. Now that you've started, it's not stop. You've got to keep on going. And yeah, I mean, sure. the motivation that you have, it, it seems like that's the path you're taking. And I mean, uh, as, far, as far as like with progressing music, um, especially nowadays, where it, you see it and it's so saturated and people just are always looking for that next hit, how, how, did that, how do you stay on top of I mean, that? Well, see, the thing is, is like, I have, you know, all these songs that, you know, you're mentioned in the Flip record, the Slim Thug yeah. record, you're mentioned in, you know, a 14-track project. At any given time, I can remix any of my records, and I can re-release a record with a new verse or somebody else on there, and I can extend the life of that record. I can extend, you know, another release just to keep on pumping out releases, right? I could do that. That's not, not, that's not an issue. But I think for me, I, I've already, I haven't stopped writing since the project has been, you know, completed, you know, even after I finished the last song on the project, like I was already, you know, I already have, you know, at least three records on cue, you know, you know, I have one record that I'm going to do with Cap G, uh, that record should be recorded this month. So, you know, I, I anticipate that that record comes out. It'll probably be the first record I put out in 2019. Obviously me and SPM talk, I send him the track today. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we do that record. Matter of fact, you heard Pinky Ring, right? Who yeah, you? yeah. There's a line on that song where I said, "I never had a mate. I always earn my way." Yeah. Uh, when you Mexican, you gotta fight in this game because uh, you gotta fight. Uh, you know, ain't nothing given when you're fighting for your vision. Work twice as hard to get half the recognition. I want to make a course out of that, and I want to slap that on a course, and I want to get SP on that record. You know what I'm saying that that, and, that, that would uh, be dope. 
yeah, you get where I'm going with that, right? So, like, I have a, I have a track that I want to do with him. Uh, and, you know, basically, I have three records on cue right now. Then, obviously, you know, Busy Bone from Bow Dugs and Harmony, his manager's been reaching out to bring one in to do some work. So, uh, that looks like it's going to happen. Uh, I have a song for that as well, already ready to go. And then I'm working with some, you know, I'm working with other artists. I have about four to five new records that, no, I, I take it back. I got five new records that uh, that I intend to release in the next few weeks. I just don't know in what order I'm going to release them in. Uh, but it's all about sustaining the momentum. And then, uh, you know, so you got five new records that can be extended. So that's five weeks of releases, right? So really just hypothetically say, okay, you know, and you got December 21st, 28th first week of january second week of january third week of january so at any given time i can remix natural born winner the record that you know that you like julio at royce to five nine on that record and now there's my you know there's my february already you feel what i'm saying like yeah. this isn't really as hard as one would assume that it's going to be you know i have a another version of the song that i got with gt garza uh, with another artist that i could put on so it's just really at my discretion at that point like how do i want to manage the music that i have and how do I want to continue to present music moving forward? Uh, I have no doubt once the, the numbers start rolling, my Spotify numbers specifically after Overload, because you got to think Overload's coming out the day, a couple of days before the project. So Overload and the album are going to be being worked at the same time, essentially. They're both going to be new. Yeah. Uh, between both of those records... And all the songs that are coming in, and not to mention, I just released a little flip track. I'm going to be working an album and two singles, a total of 16 tracks. I I anticipate my numbers to go up substantially. You know, you're looking 40, 50,000 monthly by the end of December, if not more. And at that point, it's going to be my responsibility to continue to grow it, continue to farm it, and continue to you know feed it. And you know that's what I'm planning to do. I think the record with Cap G. Uh, I just got the, the beat produced or whatever. Uh, I'm probably going to get AJ Hearns on there, somebody to kind of set off the whole, the chords and kind of do something more catered to the females. I think that that record could be a big record. That's And when I say big record, I'm not talking radio. I'm talking about digital. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and, right, right, right. The numbers. And, and I'm excited for you, dog. I'm very excited for you. I'm, I, uh, you know, Julio, when he before he brought you on, um, you know, even leading up to this interview, was telling me a lot about you, a lot about y'all's relationship, uh, and you know, and from your humble beginnings and where you've come from. I'm always excited to hear about people like yourself that are are not doing it for the fame or not doing it for the money. Uh, I believe those things come along when you're genuine, when you're being genuine to yourself, and Man, that's what people share, really are going to hear about. And so, I appreciate it. And I, let, me share, let me share a testimony with you guys. And, and you know, whoever listens to this, whether it's one person, 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people, doesn't even matter. Uh, real testimony I'm going to share with you guys on the phone is, you know, after this Red Cross event back in August, you know, lost a lot of money, man. And things got really hard. So I got in a position where, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I felt sorry for myself, man. I'm not going to sit here and say that I did it, man. I, I beat myself up and I was defeated. And out of nowhere, man, I just got this urge to write. And when I started writing, I just couldn't stop. And I got, I got my confidence back. And not only did I get my confidence back in terms of creating and producing music, but I was just, it felt good. 
but the reality of the situation was I didn't have money. You know, that's just what it is. And when I say I didn't have money, I mean, you have to understand, you know, I'm married, I have three kids, I have a mortgage, I have two cars, like, to sustain that and then trying to go out and produce a new project, you know, I just, I wasn't able to do it. I, I didn't have the money to do it. And I remember just thinking to myself, man, you know, when I first started, I used to record $350 a song. I used to, you know, um, you know, I used to pay all this studio time and all this production. And the very first time I ever paid for a future, I paid 700 bucks. And then I paid a thousand bucks. And then, you know, I, I, I spent, you know, 2000 bucks. I spent money on videos, bro. It's 2018. And I was just reflecting probably about a week or two ago. And I was like, you know what's crazy? I didn't spend any money on this project. Like the producers that, that, that contributed to the project all gave me the beats because they wanted to work with me. The artists that are on the project all contributed verses and drops because they fuck with me. My engineer, you know what I'm saying? Me and him have an arrangement. You know, he's getting, you know, he's making stuff off the back end of the project, but you know, he stepped and he helped. He stepped up and he helped me, you know, with this project. You know what I'm saying? And recorded the project essentially and nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I just kind of go like, shit, what the fuck? You know, like, I, I'm looking at the project. I'm hearing the project. And I'm like, I didn't spend anything. And there's, and it sounds like if you were just on the outside looking in, it sounds like it cost a lot to produce. Like it really <laughs> did. Like it, the, the the quality of the project, the, you know, the production you're talking about, the features, you know, man, this sounds like a, a twenty thirty thousand dollar project. You know what I'm saying? And rightfully so, it probably should be, uh, but it's not. You know, for me, yeah. like it, it wasn't. It, and it's like, hey, man, you know. Uh, and that just goes to show the, know, the the work you've put in, man, and, wh- and why people why people fuck with you. Like you said, I mean, people could have charged you for for the beats, but they know the 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 type of artist that you are and the type of person that you are. Um, and I mean, it, like I said, it just goes to show you how you know people fuck with you, people believe in you. Yeah, I think this is the first time in my whole entire career where I feel like there's a this is the closest thing I've ever had to a team wanting to be, be built around me. You know, because I've always kind of been, I've always wanted to be the guy, but I've always been okay with being selfless enough to be the guy behind the guy and pushing other people up because I knew it would benefit me because in a sense, there was always this this doubt whether or not I was really good enough or, oh man, I don't look like the artist. Let me go, let me go get a pretty boy like Louie. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Fucking Louie. Like that. Free that boy Louie, man. Like, Shout out to Louie. Oh man, free Louie. He's in jail. He ain't getting out anytime soon. Oh man. Yeah, he'd be there for years, but you know what I'm saying. I'm about to remix one of his records in a couple of weeks, so that'll be another release. But uh, let me let me ask you this, man, because uh, we've touched briefly touched on this, but we haven't really gone into uh, detail. Um, what what happened with Rick? What exactly happened with Rick Ross with with the event with Rick Ross? Oh, man, he's a bitch, man. He's just a bitch. Like you know, that's just what it comes down to. Fuck him. You know what I'm saying? Like I look at it like you know, for me. Whenever I do business, bro, and I've done business for a long time, bro, like, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I've never fucked anybody in regards to money. In, in fact, I've cost myself more money than I've made money in some cases because I've always wanted to take the high road and do the right thing and do right by people. Uh, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to Premier Live and booking shows, you know, I've only had, you know, when I first, the first show I ever booked was Frankie J. You know what I'm saying? And I booked through a third-party agent. I got fucked. I lost like 2,500 bucks. But, um, or 5,000 bucks. I forgot, but we got fucked on that. But Frankie ended up coming through and make right with me, and he made right with us as best as he could. Then Marcus Houston happened like a year or two later, and then 
you see, I don't know if you remember that situation, but I lost the deposit on that because he had got accused of child molestation and I, I demanded my refund back and he didn't want to give us the deposit back. Then, you know, fast forward to DMX, you know, we were in Pittsburgh and then he got arrested the day of the show. And then, you know, saying that situation happened. And then we try to remake the, re- redo the date in San Antonio and they were down to do it. You know, they wanted like a rebooking fee of like a small amount. And then, you know, he ended up overdosing part of the show. So I ended up calling that show off. And then, you know, now this Rick Ross show, like, so I've had my little hiccups here and there over the years, but for the most part, over a 10 year period of me booking artists, like I've never had to deal with anything that I dealt with, with Ross, man. Like, you know, we, we, uh, we had an agent that got assigned to the show that we booked the show through. He was communicating directly with Ross's sister who acts as his manager and Ross essentially, you know, we paid him the deposit, which was a lot of money. And, um, you know, they didn't communicate with us the day before the show. Uh, they were barely advancing us, you know, his travel, you know, what time he was coming in. Like, so, you know, mind you, you know, the show's on a Friday, August 30th, you know, uh, no, August 31st, my bad. On August 30th at 1130 PM, which is literally 30 minutes before midnight. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're barely advancing us, you know, what time his planes are coming in, you know, and he was traveling. It was six people, three different trips that it was going to be two at one time, two at another time, two at another time. And he, of course, he was the last one there. But I was communicating directly with the agent, never communicated with his management team, never communicated with anybody. And when I did speak to his sister, she really wasn't trying to contribute to the show. You know, they weren't really about, you know, trying to make sure that the show was a success. The show wasn't doing great on ticket sales, but it wasn't doing horrible either. And um, man, long story short, man, his uh, his road manager flew in at 11 in the morning or like 1130 in the morning, something like that. And whenever he arrived, he was wanting to meet us up for us to pay him the remaining balance of what was owed to him for the night of the show. I'm like, well, hold on. Ross doesn't come until 5 p.m. I'm not going to pay him until he gets here. Like, how do I even know he's going to come? And not only that, but, you know, pure principle at this point, like, I've never even met you. I've never had a conversation with you. I've never seen you. I've been directly, you know, communicating with the, with the agent. Why am I going to give someone I've never seen or never known uh, that much money? Because it was a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? And they basically were trying to strong arm us and say, well, hey, if you don't pay this much money, you know, he's not going to board the plane and he's just not going to come. And, you know, you have to make a decision at that moment in time as a businessman. Are you going to let people dictate your business? Are you going to allow people to strong arm you in a situation like that? Because you got to also understand Rick Ross had a history at that time. And you can Google this. This isn't me making this up, you know. <laughs> you know, he had medical, a medical, he had a medical history where he was yeah. having seizures at shows. He had a seizure. I mean, there was even like a rumor, remember, like earlier this year, like, oh, Rick Ross is about to die or something yeah. like that because he was having these seizures. And it's not funny, but I, that's a legitimate concern. Like, there's a health concern. Like, well, what if he has a seizure on the plane or what if he, you know, fucking chokes on a chicken bone? I said that on <laughs> Facebook and everybody thought it was unprofessional. But it's the truth. That man. shit was like, hilarious. I, mean, I thought that shit was hilarious. Yeah, but what if he fucking breaks his leg on the fucking plane, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I going to do? Crazy. Am I, you know, am I going to sit here and, you know, look, here's, a, here's the craziest part of it. You know, uh, probably about a week or two prior to the show, I didn't like the trend of the ticket sales. And part of the reason we booked the show was because the agent was telling us that Port of Miami 2 was supposed to be released right around the same time. So, we're thinking we're getting an album release concert and we booked Bum B that night as well. And Bum B had his album come out that day. So we're thinking, oh man, we're going to have a big show. We're going to have Port of Miami 2 album release. We're going to have, you know, Return of the Trill album release. And, you know, we're going to fuck, we're going to fuck this up. And then what ends up happening is 
Ross never had the tape come out. You know, there was no talks of the tape coming out. So when I saw that, I kind of felt a little played, but, you know, I called him as a go, like, what can we do uh, to, um, to possibly, you know, push it out a couple of weeks just to make sure that we have a better show. And they wanted a rebooking fee of $20,000. Now think about that. They wanted to, they wanted to charge $20,000 to reschedule a show, you know, uh, but had I paid them the money uh, on the plane, right. To get on the plane, let's just say I would have paid them at 2 PM or 1 PM when they requested it. Here's the money. You know what I'm saying? And something happened to him on the plane, chokes on the chicken bone. He has a seizure. He breaks his leg for whatever reason. He's unable to do the show. You think that they were going to give me my money back? Hell no. And not only do you think that they were going to give me my money back, do you think that, that I would have been like, well, hey, can y'all refund $20,000 for a rebooking fee? <laughs> Hell no. Same rules don't, you know what I'm saying? Same rules don't apply, bro. And it's like, you know, you have to understand, I don't own these artists. These artists are independent contractors. But, you know, they're contractors. I'm the I'm the contractee. And technically, you know, I'm the employer if I'm cutting the check. But for whatever reason, like in this business, specifically when you're doing bookings, the employees, in this case, the artists, you know, because they are working for you. They are they're providing a service. They're working for you because you have to cut the check. They, for whatever reason, always dictate all the terms and conditions. And I think it should be a, a, a happy medium. but. It, it never is, you know what I'm saying? And you're de dealing with artists that have been around for years and years and years, and they've been burned by promoters. And, you know, Ross's team didn't know who I was, so they didn't have an obligation to be like, well, you know, we, we got to do right by these people. They didn't give a fuck about us. They didn't give a fuck about me and the group of people that were involved. They didn't give a fuck about the sacrifices that we made to, to get that money or whatever the case may be. But ultimately, you know what, bro? Like, you know, I believe in karma and... I mean, I never got a call directly from Ross, his sister, or anybody on that side to try to make right. You know, we 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 got a lawyer. You know, we we sent out a demand letter, and they just they've ignored us. And it, what's sad about it is that they haven't even sent us a W nine. You know, which is basically a way to claim the money that we even paid that money. Because you know, I got taxes coming up at the beginning of the year. I have to be able to report that I paid this man this money. Yeah. And I don't have a W nine on these guys. Like it's just unprofessional all across the board, bro. And it might not be Ross directly, but I mean, at the same time, you know, he's his team is an extension of of him. And I know for a fact, I don't care what level he's on. Specifically, as his sisters, his manager, his manager, like you know, it's, it's coming from him ultimately. You feel me? Yeah. So yeah, that's really what happened, bro. That's the honest to God truth, like. Because, yeah, really like I said, I, I I seen you briefly touch on it on on Facebook, um, and I and I'm, when you never you said the whole chicken wing thing, I thought it was hilarious. But I mean, I got a fucked up sense of humor, so because I, <laughs> yeah, I I remember later on you did say some people thought it was you know unprofessional. I was like, man, fuck that. That shit was funny as hell to me. But um, but yeah, man. So for somebody that has never heard Smooth Vega, when they hear What's one thing that they should expect when they hear Natural Born Winner? Man, bro, like, I think for me, when they hear Natural Born Winner, they're going to hear me. I mean, that's for sure. They're going to hear, they're going to hear, like, uh, it, it's funny because whenever I had a, I had a write-up on my last album, and I was saying, man, it's intimacy meets aggression. I think that sums up my style the best, you know, intimacy meets aggression, but I know that 
the the editor that wrote my last album, you know, he was a really great job. His name is Preston Jones. He's actually the one that labeled me the Godfather for with hip hop. He uh he he said, Man, the album gets broken up into three sections. He was talking about exclamation point. He's like, The man, the grieving son, and the mogul, right? That's how he broke up the last album. But I think that defines my sound. It's like you have me as man, you have me as a as an entrepreneur, as a mogul, you know, because you definitely hear me showboat on the project talking about my success on shows like you know uh you definitely hear me boosting my career credit somewhere in there you know just being a rapper being an mc like yo i'm nice whatever whatever right but you also hear me go you know get into it as far as you know my personal life and you know my personal mistakes and stuff like that so i you know i guess the easiest way to sum it up would be in a sense that way like intimacy meets aggression like Maybe not so much the man, the mogul, the grieving son, because I don't refer to my mom on this project. This is the first project since my mom's passing that I didn't yeah. talk about her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you have to also understand, you know, the album's being released on December 13th. The album's being released on the ninth, the ninth year anniversary of my mother's passing. So even though she's not mentioned on the album at all, you know, I'm still honoring her legacy in a sense, not so much honoring her legacy, but I'm still trying to change the narrative of, that date you know i shared that on facebook like hey my mom passed away on december 13th of 2009 that has notoriously have it's notoriously been the worst day of me and my family's life you know traumatizing this year i want to change the narrative it's not going to be the most the worst day of our lives anymore it's going to be god willing one of the best days of my life career-wise you know what i'm saying yeah. so uh you're you know intimacy integration is essentially i think what you're going to get from it but yeah man you know it's you know i'm a different person now bro i'm a father of three you know so you know, I'm I'm more likely to talk about that. You know, I'm still, you know, obviously I'm talking about my personal relationships on there. You know, I'm talking about just different things. But like, who would have thought in 2008, I would have said, fuck Rick Ross on a CD. 2019. You know, you know, or 2008, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's okay. Who would have thought? Who, I mean, oh, who would have thought, thought back in 2008? Yeah, yeah, 10 years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, nobody <laughs> would have even thought that. Like, bro, I would have never thought, like, bro, when I met you, I would have never thought, like, yo, dog, like, I'm going to have SPM shouting me out. No matter what the circumstances was. Like, you know, I know that they, you know, they, he's, he's, I knew he was eventually going to hear about me, but, like, shouting me out, putting me over. Like, yo, this is that real shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or even, like, a, a, a Bun B or, or any more technique. Like, that shit's, that shit's not normal for me because, like, as much as we believe that shit's going to happen, like, we're always like, yeah, is it really going to happen? It happened. I'm saying, and, and see, I think, um, again, on on as for as much as I've been knowing you, I don't think we've ever seen any of the people that that started around the time we started making music that have had this happen to them. Like it, exactly. So so to see it happen is Everybody like Everybody don't get chose. Yeah, yeah. That that because I mean, most of the people either stop rapping or they're still on the same. On the ship, same shit that we're on from back to in two thousand five, two thousand six, when we first started, you know, meeting each other or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, man, as as a as a friend, as a fan, um, the the album is is fire, man. Like like no bullshit. I I again, I didn't skip a track. I I heard some of the songs twice, just because I was like, man, like secrecy was one of my favorite ones. Um. Natural Born Winner. I heard that one twice for the first. I played it like back to back, and and it's just it's it's nice to see you grow as an artist. Uh, like I said, you can hear the emotion on on your delivery, 
Um, and man, it's, you know, it's, it's badass to see you doing every, it's like every time I speak to you, there's, it's always a step forward. It's like, it's, you're not taking a step backward regardless of, of what's happening in your personal life or in your career, whether it's problems with Rick Ross or whatever the issue is, you're always constantly moving forward. And, and, and that's, that's something to, to admire. I mean, I've always told you, you're, you're one of the people I look up to just because you've never, you've never let your foot off the gas, no matter what. Man, look, bro, I, you know, it's always the standstill moments that define you whenever shit isn't going your way. And if you're still somehow or another, you know, somehow or another able to like continue to move forward, like that's really whenever you know what you're built, how you're built and how you're wired. And I could say for me to you, bro, like, I didn't know how I was going to get to December and September. I didn't know I was going to get to the end of September and September. Like I was so dejected and, you know, you hear a lot of the personal struggle struggles on the album, you know, very candid. I'm saying I'm very candid on there. You know, I'm talking some very, very personal stuff on there. And, you know, obviously I'd rather the listener listen to it rather than me talk about it again. But, you know, I didn't know how I was going to get out of that month. I didn't know I was going to get past October. You know, I had a really good conversation with my DJ, Will Majors, who who tours with Premier Live and, you know, has become a very close friend of mine as well. And he was like, yo, man, you're not even supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be winning. You're not supposed to be getting any notoriety. You're not supposed to be getting attention. You're not supposed to be getting those streams on Spotify because you had people trying to tear you down earlier this year. You had people, everything was working against you. You had your marital issues. You had all these things going on and you persevered through it and you still managed to somehow or another come out and 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 you're you're making noise you know i just launched a label a couple of weeks ago matter of fact yeah uh the first official release came out on friday you know uh put out a single with scarface with an artist uh, from dallas and rocky Jabbar. i did a single deal with him and that single was doing big numbers on spotify in the first three days i mean you're talking about a record with face you know what i'm saying like huge for the first release on for the label you know what i'm saying like yeah and Behind closed doors, you know, nobody knows what I'm dealing with and what I'm not dealing with. I'm not seeking pity. I'm not seeking sympathy. But what I am going to continue to do is continue to work hard through it all. And, you know, here we are, bro. Like, no matter what the situation is, no matter what's in front of me, I, I can't give up. But we didn't come this far to, to give up. You know what I'm saying? And that's why you, you hear Natural Winner. Like, that song, I had actually wanted the hook to be me and Crook. He didn't do the he didn't do a hook. He just did his verse. So when I got the vocals back, I was like, ah, you know, what am I gonna what am I gonna slap on this hook? And I don't I don't know, but I don't wanna I don't wanna overdo it. I don't wanna overdo it. And then all I fucking could think of was, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, if you want to see it now you do, right? Because people people didn't see it at one point, but now now they should be able to see who I really am and what I've been all along. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just now embracing who I've been all along, right? And like <laughs> Uh, I'm still standing on my two. Look at all that I've been through, and still I'm not. You know, still I, I will not lose. Essentially, like that's as simple ABC rhyming as possible. But it's the meaning behind it. It's like, bro, I've been through all this shit, bro. I should have lost. I should have been defeated. But you know, ain't no way that I'm a quitter, right? So I've been fighting all my life. Ain't no way that I'm a quitter. You know what I'm saying? So I think when you 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 make music from that place. Almost like a place of desperation, bro. Like, yo, fuck this. My back's against the wall. You know, I got to fight. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's just different, bro. It's a, it's a whole different animal, man. And that's whenever you get defined, bro. And uh, 
I, you know, I, I was just thinking, I was like, man, you know, I, I incurred a big debt, you know, with that Rick Ross shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what will be crazy is if I somehow or another managed to get out of the debt that I'm in from all of this shit by doing why I got into the shit to begin with, which is creating music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, Full circle, bro. <laughs> so you're still going to be doing Premiere Live? That's that's still something you're gonna yeah, be doing moving sure, forward. Yeah, we got some show with Cap G at the end of this month, man. I've just been um, I've been going back and forth with this agency. They want me to book a tour for this emerging artist out of Brooklyn named Jay Critch. He has some really big numbers right now, and obviously I'm still getting tours thrown at me left and right. But you know, first things first, I gotta get my I gotta get my uh, my finances in order to really move Premier Live the way that it ultimately needs to be moved. I, I met with the with a with a potential partner today, he's wanting to buy half the company. You know what I'm saying? So they're talking about, you know, wanting to to purchase half the company. I just got to set the value on it right now. So, I you know, ultimately it's up to me what I I decide to do. But Premier Live ain't going anywhere, man. Everybody knows what that that brand is capable of doing. They've seen it. You know, you don't work with the artists that we work with. Just this year alone, bro, we produced concerts with. Because I talked to you whenever I was I was in Los Angeles. That's when we did yeah. the first interview at the beginning of the year. You know, we had even that, we talked before I even did a show this year. You know, since then, you know, we did Dave East's Paranoia tour. We did Joyner Lucas's tour. We did Nipsey Hussle's tour, the Victory Lab tour. Uh, we did the Day Twenty Six stuff, Doobie. We did Ag B Rock. We did the Catch Me Outside Girl, Bad Baby. We did Royce Five Nines tour. You know, and we're doing all of Texas. You know, we did Houston, San Antonio, Austin. You know, we did Dallas, obviously. We did Genuine, you know what I'm saying, in Austin. We've done, uh, who else did we do this year? Obviously, we did several dates with Cab G. We had a Boogie stuff that was on schedule that didn't go through. Obviously, the Red Ross stuff, Gerbo, some of those guys that, you know, we, we weren't able to complete those. But the shows that we did do, the Bumby show, you know. Uh, so, I mean, we worked with a lot of people. I mean, my highlight was obviously the Nipsey Hustle shows. You know, we did Houston and Dallas. We did House of Blues. and. You know, we sold out. You know, those were really big shows for for the company. As with the DV shows and obviously the Jordan Lucas shows. You know, like man, I've been talking about from the end of May all the way through the middle of June. Oh, it was a show at a show at a show every week. We had a every show every weekend. Yeah. And I think one of the, real quick, one of my proudest moments this year uh, that I was really proud of was I I did day twenty six in Houston at Warehouse Live. Uh, and I did, uh, we had Doobie in Dallas the same night. So Premier Live had a show in Dallas and Houston. We had, we had uh, Premier Live ran two shows in the two biggest markets in Texas, or, or the two biggest markets in Texas, and two, and two of the top five markets in all of the United States. When you really think about it, you really analyze it for an independent promotion company to have two concerts, you know, in one night and two separate, two of the top five markets in the country. And, and and is independent. It's owned by a Hispanic. It's impressive, bro. Regardless of who the artists were or not, weren't you know? We had several other opportunities to do the same thing. And yeah, you know, uh, I've I've established a great group of people that have helped me get to that point. You know, great team, uh, bro. There's a lot to be proud of this year. You know, granted there was a lot of personal turmoil, but fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've proven. I've proven a lot, bro. Like, you know, you, you know, when you fall back and you really think, like, damn, I did some shit. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? One thing, you know, that I've always heard people say is hard times will either make you or break you, man. So obviously it's making you, it's, it's making you move forward. Um, I'm really excited for the album. Uh, I'm excited for people to hear it. 
Um, hopefully we can bring you on later on so you can tell us how, how it's going, you know, once once you get done with the tours or whatnot. Yeah, and I'm down whenever, bro, you know what I'm saying? You know, they always say the setback is right there right before the comeback, right? That's essentially what's happening. It's like you, you go through that breakdown right before the breakthrough. <laughs> and, man, I, I could come up with all these, you know, catchy lines of what, how we how we got what we got, but we're here, bro, and and I couldn't be any more happier on a personal level right now than I am today. You know, I mean, I, I had a show on Sunday with Bun B, uh, and I was there, man. I just found myself happy. You know, I was like, yo, man, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And everybody, everybody in the building was coming up to me like, yo, man, natural born winner, like they knew about it, and uh, people are starting to understand. Like, I'm not a promoter. Like, I never was a promoter. I I I chose that path because. I have a passion for the music industry and I wanted to create a platform that I didn't have as an artist, but ultimately I also wanted to uh, find my way into this business, bro. I mean, it's not easy breaking into the music business. I don't care what anybody says. Like, especially when you're young, you're Hispanic, you know, opportunities come far in between. Yeah. But uh, when you're dedicated and you're devoted to your craft and you're good at what you do and you're persistent, you're consistent, Things are going to happen, man. And I just feel like, you know, I, I just, I was not, I, I'm not going to be denied. And, and I've been very fortunate, man, that some, some good things are happening and have happened. And hopefully, uh, you know, we continue to grow that. And like I said, I'm happy right now, bro. I'm in a really good place. I'm at peace with what's going on. I think a lot of my anger and frustration, a lot of what was bottled up was let out on that project. You know, it's like, oh, I'm closing that chapter. But what it did is it opened up a can of worms down where it's like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can really I do that. this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, now I'm not, oh, now y'all done fucked up. Y'all let me back to this bitch. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel brand new, bro. You know, I do. I feel brand new. Like, I'm not overthinking stuff. Cause it was so weird back in the day when I used to write, bro. I used to write and I was like, oh, if I said do, through, and true on a, on a song, I can't use it on another song. Like I was that guy. Like I, I, I refused to use the same lines, the same patterns, the same things. I'm like, fuck it, bro. Like, don't overthink it. Just go out there and fucking do you. Like Have that's fun. what I did with the stem dog track. And look what happened. Shit yeah. fucking fire, bro. Well shit, man. We we appreciate you taking the time uh to come out on the podcast again. Again, whenever whenever you, you get done with your tour, we would love to have you back on here and hear all about it. Um Yeah, but I'm gonna be out there soon, bro. <laughs> <She's gonna pull laughs> Hey, whenever you come to Houston, let us know. We'll we'll come through. Um, sure. You know, the best of luck to you with the project. But you know what Canelo uh, Canelo said: luck is for me- mediocres. So so we're not going to say yeah, best man. of luck. Hey, luck to the mediocre man. I don't need luck. You bro. don't need you know luck. Is, so um, I need luck, man. We're just going to wait over here, bro. <laughs> natural <laughs> born winner. That is on December thirteenth. Um, where can people yeah, find you? Bro. Where can people find yeah. you on, on the social media pages? Man, it's easy peasy, bro. It's at Smooth Vega, S-M-O-O-T-H-V-E-G-A. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Twitter. If you want to just make it easier for you, go to SmoothVega.com. All the socials are up there. Natural Born Winter, December 13th. Uh, and, yeah, just look at look up the catalog on, you know, on mine. You know, you'll find some shit, I'm sure. You'll like it. You'll SmoothVega.com. SmoothVega.com has been a thing since back in 2000-something, man, 2005, 2004. Shit, man, bro. You know, I've owned SmoothVega.com. If this tells anybody anything, it's 2018. It's about to be 2019. 
I have owned SmoothVega.com. I have had SmoothVega.com online as a website since 2002. Ooh. So Ooh. there's your fucking receipts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going on 20 years, boy. Yeah, man. Well, shit. Once again, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, all the success to you. Um, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on the project when it comes out on iTunes. I make sure I get it and I just stream it. And um, we, we <laughs> hey, because there's people talking about. I mean, I'm showing love. You're just streaming the album. Go, go ahead and buy that hey, thing. Man, Don't screenshot that motherfucker. Tag me on the fucking Instagram story, and I'm gonna share that motherfucker because I need people to know what it is. You know it, man. We appreciate you once again. Smooth Vega, <laughs> natural you, born winner, December 13, 2018. Let me know when it goes up, man. I'm gonna post it, man. Y'all let me know. Bet. That was Smooth Vega, Mr. A17, man. I just want to give a big shout out to my boy once again for uh, for coming back on the show and giving uh, giving us the exclusive interview. And uh, make sure you pick up yeah. his album, Natural Born yeah. Winner. Comes out tomorrow, December 13th. Available on all streaming platforms. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview, man. And, and uh, that's it for us. Uh, make sure you guys check us out next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we'll be talking about how would you act if your son or daughter told you they were homosexual or bi. Um, so make sure you guys tune in for that as well uh, just a quick reminder if you're listening for the first time make sure you hit the subscribe button whether it's SoundCloud iTunes or Google Play also check out the website thejvazshow.com and uh, follow us on all the social media pages at jvazshow that's J-V-A-Z-S-H-O-W and uh, I think Prince likes it when you guys follow him on his personal page go ahead Prince what's your personal page <laughs> Uh, if you guys do want to follow me or Julio, you can nah, find good, us on our personal pages. I'm on Instagram as the Prince Jericho and Prince J on Facebook. Checking me out. Cool. Y'all can follow me on Instagram, those throw it off mix. Uh anything else, y'all can just chill. Just follow follow the social <laughs> media pages at JVAS Show. And uh, thank you guys once again for joining us. Hope you guys have a great week, great weekend, whatever time. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hit the subscribe button, Peace. hit the share button, and uh, make sure you pick up the album, Natural Born Winner. Shout out to my boy Smooth Vega, Mr. 817. Let's go. I'm out there.